Greetings and salutations, fair listeners. Thanks so much for listening to Mike's Always Right. I am your host, Mike Iman. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Every day in every way, I'm getting better. And boy, do I sound like an idiot. Hey, Mike, this had better be a good show. Yeah, well, I'll good show you. How's everybody doing? Staying out of trouble, keeping your powder dry, keeping your noses clean, stupendous. I'm feeling unusually good right now, and why is that, you might ask? For the past few weeks, I've been working on a book project with Sean O'Shea. Uh, Sean is a well-known dog trainer out of Los Angeles. He owns and operates The Good Dog Training and Rehabilitation. Now, Sean has a very interesting story. In just a few short years, he went from being a 40-year-old valet parking cars for 10 bucks an hour to being one of the most skilled and sought-after dog trainers in the world. Now, that's pretty impressive, uh, right? Am I right? Uh, Sean was able to make this leap thanks to an intense focus on personal development and a lot of hard work. Heck of a lot of hard work. His new book entitled Closing the Gap, A Simple Blueprint for Transforming Your Life, distills all the tools and mindset shifts that helped him to turn his life around. I actually had the pleasure of doing the page design for the print book, as well as designing the ebook for various platforms. I also ended up doing a lot of other odds and ends because my girlfriend Alexis happens to be Sean's assistant. All the profits from this book go to charity, and before he recoups any of the costs for this project, which wasn't free to put all this together... Uh, Sean has already said he wants to raise $35,000 for Pencils of Promise to build a school in Africa. Amazing, generous. This project really fits with my personal view that the only way to become successful at anything is to help other people to succeed. Closing the gap is a twofer in that respect. First, I got to help Sean make this book a reality, which I couldn't be happier with how everything turned out. And second, it's going to benefit a lot of wonderful charities. Pencils of Promise, Charity Water, Acumen. This is just such a great project, really useful book. Closing the Gap is available at www.thegooddogway.com. This is an amazing project to have been a part of. If you're a personal development junkie like me, I highly recommend going to thegooddogway.com and buying a copy. It's available in print, digital, and audiobook versions. So be sure to check that out. I'll include a link in the show description on my website as well. Now, speaking of audiobooks, I have been hard at work on an audible version of one of my own books. It's called Podcast, Learn How to Stop Babbling and Start Podcasting Like a Pro. There's been a bit of a learning curve and for a couple of reasons. First off, my recording studio, if you can call it that, is not a professional setup by any means. I'm using a decent quality condenser microphone plugged into an analog mixer, which means that it does not have USB, and all of that's jury-rigged to my computer. The other challenge that I've had is that I live right by the railroad tracks. Also, I'm constantly disrupted by people walking by outside, people talking, birds squawking, ambulance sirens, zombies. Uh, Probably not actually zombies, but, you know, it it could happen. And my refrigerator is literally on the other side of the wall from my bedroom slash recording studio. So it takes a lot of patience to get a clean recording without a ton of background noise. I've also been noticing small things about my voice that aren't really conducive to narrating a book. 
uh, when you record an audiobook, you have to be very articulate. If a word is garbled, the listener, I, I, I just jinxed myself. I'm sure, but I'm going to have to If a word is garbled, the listener can't go back and look at the word like they could in print. You can't slur any words. You can't be sloppy. You can't stammer or hesitate or anything like that because everything just comes through. Uh, then there's the issue of mouth noise. Oh my, oh my God, mouth noise. Uh, the microphone picks up every little click and pop and snack, smacking noise that comes out of your face. You can't touch your clothing or make any gestures with your hands where they touch one another because all of those subtle little noises will end up on the recording. Uh, it took some trial and error, but I also figured out how to master the audio so everything's a nice, even volume. So I'm very happy with with that and uh, still still have a lot to learn on that front. Uh, working on an audiobook has actually had a major impact on how I think about writing as well. Uh, as I'm going through each chapter, reading it out, out loud, I'm noticing things that I could have phrased better. I'm noticing little typos and errors that I never caught before. And honestly, I might make producing an audiobook part of my editing process on future books. It's almost impossible to skim over your mistakes when you're working in this way. This might not be practical for all writers. I mean, I've got a little bit of an advantage because I know a little bit about audio production and I have a background in theater arts, but I think the practice of reading your words out loud slowly and deliberately is incredibly helpful. The other benefit of recording an audiobook has been a noticeable improvement in my everyday speech habits. I'm catching myself when I slur my words or smack my lips or say things like, um, uh, um, um, uh, <laughs> the downside is that I'm noticing when other people do these things. Um, I, I think all art is kind of like that, that the more you know, the more you gain this sort of x-ray vision of other people's work. Just like, you know, the more you read and write, the more you start to see how other writers are, you know, working their craft, so to speak. Um, that being said, if you're a writer who doesn't listen to audiobooks, you really need to change that because digital audio is a huge frontier that's only going to get bigger. I predict that there will come a day very soon when audiobooks will match or even outsell physical books. This is coming from a guy who loves reading real books. I love holding in my hand. Now that I'm, I'm into the, all the formatting and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm, I find myself like looking at the chapter headings and how they have the headers and the footers and how the margins and how things are aligned. And yeah, I'm a total nerd about that stuff now. <laughs> but uh, I've been watching very closely what James Patterson has been doing with his Bookshots series of short novels. If you've been living under a rock, James Patterson is the best-selling author who created the Alex Cross novels, Detective Michael Bennett, The Women's Murder Club, the, the list goes on and on. You don't have to like James Patterson. Honestly, I find a lot of his books, both the ones that he writes and those written with a co-author, to be absolute trash. I'm not going to mince words on this, but his books sell, even the bad ones. So he's worth watching from a business perspective. Anyway, Bookshots, about a year or two ago, James Patterson started releasing a line of books called Bookshots. They're all under 150 pages, 
and they cost under five bucks, usually closer to four bucks, depending where you buy them. He releases new books every month. And from what I've seen, it's on an alternating schedule. So one month, he'll, he'll release two or three book shots in paperback, ebook and audiobook format. And then every other month, he releases book shots that are exclusively ebook and audiobook. So ebook and audiobook are kind of like the bare minimum. Now, where I'm coming from on this is that if the bare minimum for a new book doesn't include a print edition, to me, that, that speaks volumes. Audio is a great way to experience a book because you can listen to a book while you're doing something else. Driving, doing housework, working out, fighting zombies. Enough with the zombies, I'm sorry. Plus, storytelling was an oral tradition for thousands of years before printed books ever existed. Even the handwritten manuscripts before those even existed. So it's kind of like, you know, harkens back to history in a way, except that we're listening to a recording instead of gathering around uh, to hear our elder tell us about um, some great hero of history past. Plus, products like Amazon Echo, Google Home, and the upcoming Apple HomePod are working their way into the mainstream. Pretty soon, your, your entire home will be voice controlled. You'll be able to request your favorite songs and audio programs instantly from whatever room you happen to be in. Now, I don't know if James Patterson is looking this far ahead, but he does come from an advertising background, so I tend to, to trust his judgment on this kind of stuff. Also, I think it's just a good idea in general to watch what other successful authors do and try to absorb whatever you can, you know, whatever kind of applies to you. But enough of my yakking. This brings us to the end of episode five. Wow, can you believe it's already been five episodes? Episode five of Mike's Always Right. Until next time, thanks for listening. Remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a review at iTunes. But you know the drill already. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Iman and online at www.mikeiman.com. That's all for right now. And remember, Mike's always right. Thank you.